0: What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. And when I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio.
1: Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy forsella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project. The MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done. And we can do it together.
0: Hey there, Big MX listeners, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast Show course I'm your host Brad Gebhardt and I always appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to the Big MX podcast and we've got a live one for you. This was a phenomenal interview. I can't say enough good things about uh, Lexi Peshout. She was a fantastic interview. She's a great person and uh, if you take the time to listen to this episode you're really going to enjoy yourself. Um, Got to thank Little D over at uh, FMF for making this uh, possible same thing with Kenny Alexander over at the Fast House. And a quick shout out to Kyle Moosey over at VP Racing Fuels. Because you know that guy always, always listening to these podcasts. The guy is a big fan of mine and I'm a big fan of him. Uh, so I also want to let you guys know that right now FMF is having a uh a Kind of a Black Friday sale, up to 70% off uh, all of their apparel on the website. Go check it out. Of course, this is November uh, 20th uh, that we're uh, recording this. So please go check that out. And uh, and hopefully you can get yourself some FMF merch before the day is out. So uh, And we're hopefully going to get this out as soon as we can. Uh, it is 2.42 40, 2 Central Time, and we'll probably have this podcast out before 3 o'clock. So... Um, this is a fantastic interview. I can't thank Dean Thompson at uh, Blackfoot Direct enough for making this connection. This was uh, a next-level podcast. It was a great interview, uh, and I feel like anyone who takes the time to listen to it, uh, whether you have a young person in your house, household or you are a young person, I hope you're listening and... Uh, Lexi Perchaut is the type of athlete that uh all young people should be looking up to. She is a performer on and off uh the track. Uh she takes herself very seriously. She takes um and she's also very passionate about her sport, uh, taking things from uh competing at the highest level to the, then uh transferring that over to the uh the off-road side of things where she's able to just enjoy the sport and take it all in and uh I feel like it was really important to have her come on and just uh speak to the love of the sport and also just perform the way she does and uh uh she did a fantastic job with the podcast as she does with uh, all the things whether she's hitting the gym, she's hitting the books or uh, hitting the track Lexi Peshawar exercises uh incredible precision and uh, performs at a really high level so uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this podcast as always if you have a request if you have someone that you want to hear from if you want to uh, if you want to hear me talk about a specific uh, breakdown of a race whether it be uh, this last weekend 's paris supercross or something along those lines, shoot me a note on instagram brad gebhardt eighty eight And then you can also send me an email, bradgebhart88 at gmail.com. Send me a note. I want to hear from you. Now, please enjoy this podcast, this fantastic episode 647 with Lexi Pachout. Thank you so much for listening. Talk soon. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. I am your host, Brad Gebhart, and this is the week right before the Fast House, day in the dirt, it's 21 years old, they've been underage drinking for a couple of years now, but you gotta love everyone over at the Fast House, and putting that on, Kenny Alexander, and uh, you know that uh, Donnie Emler Jr. from FMF will be there, and unfortunately I won't, I'll be up here in the cold tundra of Winnipeg, Manitoba, Um, but uh, warming me up on the line, sending me those Chinooks over from Calgary, Uh, a very... Awesome young lady that we're welcoming to the show right now. It's her first time on the podcast, but she will likely be a repeat offender. Lexi Peshout, thank you for making time for us on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Hey, thank you. Uh, the the pleasure is all on this side of the phone. I guarantee that. Um, just after speaking with uh, with Dean Thompson last week, it became uh, very apparent uh, of where uh, um, a lot of the the, the drive and the uh, the de- determination to bring just so much wellness to the to the community in uh, within like uh, the off road community in Calgary and uh, like through all accounts talking to to, to Dean, I think uh, I think that you have a lot to do with that and, and have for some amount of time.
1: Yeah, I've uh, I've been working for Dean for uh, almost five years now, uh, but I've also been writing for him as a as a sponsored writer uh, since twenty fourteen as well. So we we have quite the relationship, and and he's just so full of knowledge and and such a great human to move around all the time.
0: Absolutely, and I'm sure you you bring plenty to the table. On top of that, uh, so before we uh, dive deep into all of those uh, awesome stories within your um, just life on two wheels, life behind bars, some say, where um, what, what uh, where's your education at right now? Where are you doing? What are you doing for work? And uh, like, what does a, a week in a life look like for Lexi Pichot?
1: <laughs> right now, it's been pretty crazy. Uh, in September, I started my second year of second and final year of college hopefully um so i'm taking a a business diploma and i'm doing a major in accounting uh but while i'm uh going to school i'm still working for dean at Blackfoot direct um and so most of my time right now is caught up between work school and and trying to get a few workouts in between and and a ride here and there and uh, just do my best to balance everything
0: out <laughs> i was gonna say a juggling act that i'm sure uh, a few uh, other 20 somethings can relate to um that uh that steady balance of education work fitness and uh and a social life that most likely uh is centered around uh those two wheeled uh, ex- exhilaration tools that we love so much um Uh, why, uh, business administration, why, uh, go that route? Obviously, uh, learning something about money is a, is a, uh, an important thing. Money, basically everything revolves around cash these days. Um, but why, why go that route? Are you at state? I I assume you're at state.
1: Oh yeah, I'm at state. Um, and and it's been a really great program. I mean, I, after finishing, um, I was racing national, like motocross nationals and, uh, had just graduated for I was done for two years I was like man I really need to uh figure out what I'm going to do here um and I think that was just so important so um it's actually big thanks to Dean for kind of kind of providing me um a way to learn and he was kind of giving me some more opportunities at the shop to do some more accounting things and I and I really was enjoying it um I think the program is pretty broad where I get to learn marketing and management and that kind of stuff as well which I think I can apply to just every, like everyday life. Um, so I, it was only a two-year program, and I think I can grow a lot out of it. So that was kind of my decision to go that way, and Dean was on board to, um, to help me out with changing my schedule and, and that kind of stuff. Um, so it, it sounded like the right fit at the time, so I went ahead with it.
0: Awesome. That is um... – Fantastic. Not only for him to uh, steer you in that direction, but also be accommodating and give you the opportunities to use what you're uh, learning in school, applying it at the workplace and kind of seeing that sort of light at the end of the tunnel when you're putting all those work in with uh, like you're doing those accounting classes and the business computing and this, that and the other thing, stuff that maybe uh, you don't really um see where the job goes goes to in the end he he kind of gave you that uh, light at the end of the tunnel and uh and, and on top of that he gets a, an employee that uh uh is pretty invested that's cool
1: Yeah exactly <laughs> He's been great
0: So how long have you been working at uh, at Blackfoot Direct and um like when you see new customers or even uh, some of your more seasoned customers walk in, what sort of experience are you hoping that that you can bring to them uh, as you uh, kind of help them uh, go around the shop and and find things that they might uh, enjoy on weekends?
1: Yeah, exactly. So I've been working for Dean for um, four almost five years. Uh, it started actually as me being a sponsored writer, and uh, I. Was like Dean, I need to make <laughs> basically. So I actually started working for him at, on a parts credit, um, okay. and just cleaning around the shop and helping out. And then it kind of just evolved into me working more and more and more. And then he took me on full time. And at the time, I was like I homeschooled from grade ten on, so I had a lot more free time during the day to do work. And uh, yeah, so um, <laughs> um, but as I as I work more and more, I love being able to share my passion with everyone that comes in. Everyone goes riding on the weekends and it's more quiet, but then they come in on Monday morning and they're super stoked because we just got some new products in, or they had a big crash and they tell me all about it. And, um, I can help them get the parts they need or whatever the situation might be. Sometimes we get little kids that come in and in they need new gear and just watching them like light up every time they, they see a set of gear they like or they try on a helmet or whatever um, really keeps the passion flowing and, and makes me excited to come to work every day.
0: Oh, for sure. It's the same way I light up when, uh, when I happen to get a box, uh, from, from Fast House, uh, in the mail, uh, it's Christmas morning, uh, a couple of times a year, thanks to those guys. Uh, and I'm sure it's the same for you anytime, uh, new gear, uh, new helmet, whatever it happens to be is just, uh, it, it doesn't matter if you are, uh, three, 13 or 23. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, just exciting, uh, to get that stuff. And, uh, I think that's sort of like the, I, I love that passion that just sort of, um, exists within the sport and the nostalgia in the sport that sort of keeps that day one feel, uh, running throughout it is, is something that's very unique to motocross. Exactly. So, uh, let's, let's dial the clocks back all the way back to where this begins. And, uh, for you, that's actually quite a, some time ago, uh, because, uh, you were one of the, basically the flagship members of the youngest, portion of the community tell me a little bit about uh like kind of like how you got started in motocross and uh, i think your your dad had a big uh piece of that as well
1: yeah my parents were really the start of it all um they started a motorcycle club called the St. gear club uh actually 20 years ago and i'm 21 so uh as soon as i was basically old enough and strong enough to turn the throttle they threw me on a pw50 and that's kind of where it all started I Like it. and i don't think they realize uh that when they put me on a 50, what was going to happen after that? But it's been, it's been a crazy experience and I really owe it all to them. Uh, They put on about 20 races every year between hair scrambles and ice races and trials and, and all kinds of different disciplines. So I've really had the opportunity to try everything out. And my dad and my mom were so supportive of making that possible. My dad would buy whatever bikes I needed or whatever equipment I needed to try the next thing. And uh, I think that's really made me the rider I am today. And, and it uh, has really made me um, the person I am today, too, being able to, to have a conversation with people. I remember, like, the podium speeches were, like, the biggest deal, right? I was so scared to go up on them. And now I have no right. problem getting on a podium and having a conversation or, or whatever that might be. But I really owe it all to them and, and all the races that they let me
0: be a part of. For sure, an uh, 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 all-encompassing of knowledge of that uh, life behind bars. You've, you've competed in a lot of different disciplines and been successful with it, inclu- including, uh, I believe, a uh, a national championship of sorts. How did that get culminated?
1: Yeah, uh, Shane Cutterson, um, he was kind of the start of it all. At the Wild Rose track in Calgary, it was not just a motocross track forever. Um, they put in the Endurocross track in, I believe, 2011 or 2012, and I really had some interest. The track is so close for all of us to go to, and motocross really wasn't my thing back then. Um, I was more of the off-road rider, and I just wanted to get better at logs, and, and really, grow as a rider, and Shane put the endurocross track in, and I was down there every single day with my dad, and we would do laps after laps after laps, and um, I basically sat down with my parents, and I was like, hey, let's just give this a shot. Let's do one year of endurocross down in the States, I forget how many rounds it was at the time, like seven or eight, maybe. Um, And after like the third round, I was getting on the podium and I was like, this is so crazy. And before you know it, I had qualified for X Games. um, And then that following year, I um, won the AMA National championship.
0: No big deal. An AMA national champion <laughs> here on the podcast on a Tuesday afternoon. So, uh, like there's, there's a lot of laps that, uh, that, uh, go into building a championship, uh, performance like you did. And obviously, uh, dedicating yourself to that was very important. Um, you mentioned spending a lot of time on two wheels throughout your, your youngest days, obviously starting out at the, the tender age of, uh, maybe even under two years old. Um, like, uh, what are, what do you remember most about those really really young days at the track? Obviously, looking up to uh, some some really important people and the, like the the like the the local riders that uh, would have been around that time that time period. Um, like, what are your, some of your fondest memories of growing up on two wheels?
1: Oh, there's so many. I mean, every weekend for us, um, racing wasn't always the biggest thing. Uh, riding dirt bikes is what we did on the weekends when we would go camping almost every weekend of the summer. And the people who we went camping with um, were mainly all guys, and so I looked up to them they were always like five years older than I was, and I was like, "I gotta catch up with these guys. like what can I do to get faster?" Um, so they kind of took me under their wing and and uh, helped me out a lot and i and I owe a ton of of my techniques and my talent to them um, for holding my hand along the way and helping me out and encourage me t- encouraging me to keep going um, but then also like I loved. I love the challenge of everything. I loved going to the track and saying, hey, I can't make it through this rocks. How are we going to do it? Figuring it all out. And, and there were so many times where I wanted to quit and I wanted to throw my helmet. And, and my dad was there and he encouraged me the whole way. And um, Yeah, it, it ended up working out pretty good for me.
0: <laughs> no doubt. For sure working out well. And, and honestly, uh, the, the adversity that we face on two wheels, I think is something that, um, maybe it prepares motocross racers better for life uh, within moto and after moto, better than most sports. I think maybe it even rivals uh, football in, in the, just the fact that you, you really have to dig deep uh, and, and uh, really dedicate yourself. You see the proof in the pudding uh, when you put that seat time in, when you do your drills, when you, you work on your, your weaknesses on two wheels and that is easily transferred over to uh, whether it be school or any type of adversity we find in life we can uh, because we're uh, conquering those fears and the the adversity on the motorcycle whether it be a a tabletop jump or a a double jump that we weren't doing or a log section that we were scared of um, tackling those fears every single time that we go out is is not a whole lot different than uh, doing so in life and uh, it looks like you've taken a lot of those lessons and carried them forward
1: yeah absolutely and I, and I think that applies to to so many different people and, and anyone that's been in the sport and has that passion um, and that drive will know exactly what you're talking about
0: <laughs> couldn't agree more we're going to get some uh, commercial break right here on the Big MX Radio podcast we're going to throw a commercial with FMF and the Fast albums. we'll be right back here with Lexi Peshout we're going to do whatever we want and if you're cool with it you're cool with it if you're not we're still going to do the thing <laughs> To let go. Put our middle fingers up with a smile and let it roll.
1: It's
0: not just go out there and train to be number one because it's more losers and winners in this world. I grew up in Newhall. That was 805. I got into this can. I said so that is a badass fucking can. The beer's even
1: better inside. We have a band of brothers. They're different. They just like to have a good time and live life, have fun and kill it.
0: Fast House is nothing but fun. We all want to feel good. The average guy can go out there, throw down. I do it my way, and that's all that matters. It's not easy to do this shit. My girl's looking at me to support her, and i am got a broken leg front dirt bike. You see a lot of people that fall out of it. It's all so based on results and being the winner, that mentality of the 60s, 70s. That's what we try to do, is bring that back where it's not so serious. I don't really like the super competitiveness of it. I like to bring something that's more lighthearted. Be all serious about it at one point and kind of realizing let's just have fun. That's what my old man did and it just really resonated with me riding a dirt bike on that fine line of glory and disaster. Throw your leg over a bike and haul ass across the desert and feel free. 90% of the people that own a motorcycle go out on the weekends and they just want to have fun. Can't ever take that for granted. Two wheels till the wheels fall off, man. Once I feel like you become a man, you know, you get off the track and you're exhausted. Just you ice cold beer, just nothing sounds better than that. This fast house crew is going to break the mold how it used to be and maybe even then some. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. Let's take a minute to talk about a couple of the sponsors that make these podcasts possible. And honestly, let's also head over to blackfootdirect.com. This this website's so easy to navigate. Everything that I need for my motocross bike is right here. Tires, oil, gear, service. Heck, I'm going to go on the showroom floor and check out some brand new motorcycles for 2019 right now. On top of that, close that window. Let's head on over to thecollectiveex.com and get an exclusive experience like no other with a professional motocross races that you can't find anywhere else. The collective experience is how you get that. If you're going to go to the motocross track, if you're going to ride one of these beautiful Husqvarna motorcycles that we love so much, you got to do it in the best looking gear possible. And the only way to do that is to go to thefasthouse.com. The Fast House has the sickest gear. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your affiliation is. The Fast House has the gear for you. Like I've said in the past, you got one set of black Fast House pants and five jerseys. Uh, Now you've got five sets of gear. It's always beautiful. I love it so much. The fit and finish of this gear is second to none. You guys got to check it out. Check out these uh, these commercials from both Fast House and FMF Then we'll get right back to this podcast with Dean Thompson. I hope you're enjoying it. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you again soon. And we're back. Big MX radio podcast here on a Tuesday afternoon. Hopefully uh, all things are well uh, out in Calgary, uh, Lexi. Yeah,
1: they're good. We have a uh, nice warm weather for once. and There's no snow on the ground yet.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Cannot report the same here for Winnipeg. It's bitterly cold and uh, I will be starting my vehicle prior to going outside. <laughs>
1: Oh uh, no, it's too early for that. <laughs> oh no,
0: I've been doing that for at least a month. Manitoba gets cold nice and early. Uh, of course, you're you're out in Calgary where uh, uh, you can. Uh, I, I've I've skied at uh, plus 11 in the middle of January. I've also uh, had uh, some minus 20 temps in early December there. So you get a mixed bag. Um, but uh, you yourself. Um, and, and like speaking of a mixed bag, you have a mixed bag of skills on two wheels. You've raced uh, women's nationals in motocross, I believe. You've you're a champion in the endurocross series. And like just to completely flip a one eighty on this conversation, tell me about riding a uh, a CR500 on the ice at the age of probably like thirteen years old, which is a recipe for speed if you don't mind me saying so. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, ice racing was uh, a pretty crazy experience for a long time. Um, my dad had me on ice just kind of putting around when I was young, even on a PW50. He studded it up, and I had a little sidecar.
0: That's amazing. I'm sure
1: there's a few people that remember. But, uh, yeah, I mean, ice racing was another one of those skills What I needed something to do during the winter. And uh, it started with oval and then um, quickly advanced into 2A as well. So, I mean, I think that those skills that I learned ice racing translate over to my cornering skills on the motocross track and off-road. But riding a CR500 is a pretty crazy experience. I mean, it takes about three people to start one (laughs) between holding it and kicking it in the cold weather. Sometimes you even had to run. Um, But it made me not scared of speed. And um, to hold it wide open down the the straightaway is a whole other feeling in itself. And I I am so grateful for all those times that I was able to have on that bike.
0: Absolutely. what, What bike do you have now?
1: Uh, I have an FE250, so not really a, an ice racing bike per se. Usually we'd be riding 450s yeah,
0: um,
1: or bigger, but uh, I love my FE250, and, and it's the, one of the most fun bikes I've ever had. I, I always have smiles whenever I'm on it, if I'm on the road or – Sometimes even taking it to the motocross track and I have the blinkers on and everything and I get laughed at, but uh, I have <laughs> the most fun and that's all that matters.
0: <laughs> laughed at until you throw down those sick wi- uh, l- lap times and maybe a scrub <laughs> here and there. Uh, but yeah, like a, um, a, a CR500 to a 254 stroke is uh, um, it's a big jump. And honestly, honestly, having that experience on different motorcycles probably did you some did you some good over the years. Um what do you think is the the greatest lesson that you've learned from uh your time on two wheels and and just how you kind of carry that over to uh everyday life because uh, as much as we continue to to enjoy the sport um as we get older we do it a little bit less and a little bit less but uh we sort of carry some of that uh, forward with us and uh we're able to kind of attack life with it.
1: Yeah, I think um I think the biggest lesson I've learned is is to just take it all in. Um, enjoy every single minute, and to try every single thing you can. I've had lots of re- opportunities, and turned down lots of other opportunities to try new things and and to kind of take a risk. And sometimes we've been like, "Hey, I don't know how this is going to work out. Things are going to be great, or it might not be." But I think I translate that over into into everyday life. I mean, going to school was a big one where I was like, "I don't really know if this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, but uh, I'm going to take the risk on on hoping that it is." So. Um, yeah, I translate that lots of those things over and over, but, um, just to be humble and to, um, enjoy every minute, I think is the most important.
0: I think you think you're on the right track there. That's for sure. Um, so like, You've been you're you're a strong woman within the uh, the community of motocross, and uh, it's which is all too often considered a bit of a uh, a boys' club, if you will. Uh, It's so some would call it a it's a man's game out there. It's a man's world sometimes. So uh, I'd love for you to give me an example where um, like. If you could, I don't know if you've even experienced this. Uh, Some have, some haven't. Um, Can you give me an example of of where being a a woman in a male-dominated society or male-dominated community has uh, either shut or either opened a door for you or shut a door for you?
1: Yeah, um, I think I think I've had both. I mean, I experience uh, negative things all the time. I mean, even at the shop, sometimes people come in and they don't want to talk to me because I'm assuming I'm a girl, but. It doesn't faze me anymore. It used to really get under my skin, but uh, I'm like, hey, if you want a good deal with someone else, they'll probably give you the same answer anyway. So, yeah. Um, but it's also opened a lot of doors for me. I mean, Husqvarna Motorcycle is a is a main sponsor of mine, and they are so on track with with supporting um, their grassroots and women in sport and and that whole movement. And it's been possible for me to um, put on ladies riding schools and go to ladies events like Babes Ride Out. And there's so many of those things that are really encouraging women in the sport to, um, to get better and to grow and to not be scared to try. And um, like Bays ride out is such a good example. Um, for those that don't know, it's an event in California where um, it's only for women. They come out, they ride and they meet people from all over the place and you get all the different walks of life. And it's just the coolest experience ever. I got to go with my mom and, and we got to meet new people and, Um, to see my mom who's someone who doesn't ride very often, um, and is very shy to really get out of her shell and, um, um, like be excited to go riding and, and meet all those new people is so important to me. And for me to be able to translate that over and help encourage other women to go to events like that, or even have the courage to throw a leg over a motorcycle, um, is what I look at more than what are the negatives of people that are like not taking us seriously or maybe not giving us the opportunities to ride.
0: Absolutely. And I commend uh, Husqvarna Canada for taking that initiative to uh, drive home the importance of uh, strong female uh, characters and and, uh, just a big, Role models within the sport. How seriously do you take um, that uh, that designation? Like, like, are you conscious of the fact that you're you're uh, 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 an influential, strong, athletic woman within the industry or within the community? That uh, uh, other, like, as as much as you probably aren't thinking about it all the time, there's there's a lot of young ladies that are uh, kind of watching your every move, so to speak. Yeah,
1: sometimes I actually. 99% of the time, I don't think about it. But every once in a while, I'll go to a race or I'll go to an event and someone will run up to me and they'll give me a big hug or I'll meet a little girl who wants an autograph or, or something like that. But um, as much as I am humble about that experience and I love when people come up and they want to talk, it's so, so important to me to, to be able to, like, for example, with my riding schools that I've been putting on for ladies only, it just helps provide women a place to build their confidence and not be scared to fail or um, be scared to try. And I think sometimes when we're riding with our boyfriends or significant others or our dads, even they get in fights and then they just want to quit. And so for me to be able to, to provide a place where they can ask a million questions and not be scared and give them the confidence to go out and ride and go out and try, because this passion that I feel, I want everyone else to feel too. So for me, it's so important to be able to, be a good role model um, for those people that think I am. I, hope I am, but to be able to provide that is is really what's important to me, even over racing or championships or anything like that.
0: Well, there you go. I think that was uh, that was the perfect way to answer that question. Um, so that that being said, if uh, if I was to walk into uh, the friendly confines of. Um, uh, Blackfoot Direct. Uh, I'm looking to be basically head to toe, uh, and I happen to stumble across uh, yourself as a uh, uh, as a salesperson. Uh, how are you directoring me? How are you squiring me about the uh, the dealership to uh, to get me dressed up head to toe? And uh, what what kind of bike am I leaving? Uh, what, what kind of bike's gonna be in my the back of my truck when I leave?
1: Uh, definitely Husqvarna.
0: <laughs> For sure. Um
1: it's uh for sure Husqvarna on my vote uh I think it's it's the best and and to be able to feel what I feel on a bike I tried my best to translate that over and just have the conversation feel people if you ask me and I am the worst salesperson in the entire world I just tell you the way it is and if you don't want to buy it then you're probably not going to leave the store with it but when I'm passionate about something and when I love a product I'll make sure that you know um and they usually end up leaving the store with it but uh I will always give my honest opinion, and I'm not going to sell you something that's not going to do you um, the purpose it needs to do.
0: Fair enough, and I think that's what actually makes you a, a good salesperson. Um, just like my my favorite part about sales, uh, as for when I used to work retail, is I wouldn't think of it as um, actually selling things to people. I was helping them buy stuff. People always came in because I was a, uh, a ski boot sales guy. It's kind of a different world than you, you're into, but um, I have the weird ability to get ski boots to fit really well which most people dread the way ski boots feel. so uh i would literally just go through them all the boots and help the person find something that would really work and doesn't and then at the end of the day it didn't matter what the the boot cost or 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 whatever it was it was the right boot for the right foot and uh i had a lot of success that way and that's how i i think i like to approach uh, a lot of things whether it would be uh any type of sale um but uh i think you're doing a great job with that um Getting back to your your uh, kind of some some Lexi peshout specific things uh, to finish off this podcast, and I thank you so much for making time for us here on the Big MX Radio podcast, brought to you by the Fast House, as of course FMF as well. Uh, you're in school right now, a young twenty-something um, can't get through uh, a, a school program without being dedicated to the craft of Brewing a great cup of coffee. I'd like to think that uh, at this point in your schooling career, uh, you've got a regular by now.
1: <laughs> oh, I've got a regular. My uh, Starbucks that? barista at school actually remembers my name, <laughs> which I don't know if that's a good thing or not.
0: <laughs> I'd say it's. I'd say it's a good thing. How do you like your How do you like your <laughs> coffee?
1: Uh, I like a black americano.
0: Black Americano, that is, uh, mm-hmm. that, that is outside the realm of, of most uh, <laughs> your, your normal 20-year-old. How, do you, how, did you, how did you stumble across the black Americano?
1: Uh, I'm not a big fan of sweet things uh, and I usually need a lot of caffeine to get myself through a day, especially these early 8 o'clock morning classes yeah. and, and late nights, so uh, a nice espresso is a good way to start the day.
0: Fair enough. And so, uh, also while you're studying for these, uh, uh, for your, your next accounting exam or something along those lines, uh, how do you like to study? How, what, does what your kind of, uh, your little fortress look like when you've kind of hunkered down and, and you're, you're getting into the books?
1: I think it's a lot like racing. I have to make sure that my setup is, uh, is right or I'll get distracted and it's not going to work out very well. So I'm very organized um, I have my ways set in my ways and if they're not the way they are, it's, uh, not a good recipe. So, um, I'm, I'm a list person, so I write everything down on the list and I have lots of satisfaction and I can strike it off. So, uh, most of it is around, around that and get it done as fast as I can so I can, uh, get back to work.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, um, like, are we doing, uh, like safe to say there's, uh, some WP, uh, pro components on that desk of yours that you're, you're working on?
1: Oh yeah, my pen is WP. Uh, I've got I've got all kinds of WP stuff, and my background <laughs> on my computer is uh, is me riding my FE two hundred and fifty with my comb valves on it. I and, like it. Um, it's a it's a good motivation to look at every day to remember why I'm doing it and uh, where I want to go.
0: Hey, absolutely. When you when you can when uh, uh, you know where the the all the work is going towards it makes the work a whole lot easier and of course the work comes in comes before the belief um so that being said uh, like do you, what like if uh do we listen to music to relax or do we do we listen to uh, music to uh focus ourselves
1: uh i'm not a music person when i'm when i'm doing my homework i like it quiet as can be uh, I like to find a little hole and kind of sit more, but, uh, I like to listen to lots of upbeat music to get me woken up in the morning and, and for some of my workouts, that's uh, definitely where I lead to.
0: Fair enough. So what do you like to do for, uh, what do you like to do in the gym? Are we a free weights girl? Do we hit, we hit the, are we on the treadmill? Like what, what's a, what's a, a typical workout look like for Lexi Pichotte?
1: Yeah, it's kind of changed recently. Um. Usually I'm just a free work weight person. Yeah, um I'm not, not a big kind press, of machine you know? or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh I just had a recent opportunity to start training it. It's called CrossFit Above All in Calgary. Okay. Um and it's a CrossFit gym. So being able to um have some people there all the time to push me and to um lift heavy weight but also get lots of cardio in um has been a really good fit for me and um My good friend and mentor Dave McGregor, uh, he's 57 years old and he comes along with me and we have so much fun in the gym and it's just a good competitive um, place but also a great place to grow and and, uh, just enjoy the workouts.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, last question for you before I let you get on with the rest of your afternoon, 29 minutes into this thing. I said I'd keep you for 30 so we'll wrap it up right like this. If you had one message to give to uh, a young rider, male, female, whatever, uh, within the motocross industry, within the off-road industry, what would you tell that young person?
1: That's a hard one. I would probably tell them to just go for it and not be afraid and you don't have to look a certain way and you don't have to have a certain bike. You just have to have a passion for it and um, set yourself some goals. Throw on a helmet, get some proper gear and uh, head for the trails. Don't be afraid to ask for help along the way. There's a million people, and and once you get a motorcycle, you're a part of the motorcycle family, um, and uh, everyone you come across will uh, be more than willing to help out. I'm willing to bet.
0: Fair enough. Answered like a true professional. If you're not already following Lexi Peshout, L-E-X-I-P-E-C-H-O-U-T, you are missing out. Please go follow her. Uh, she's a great follow on the Instagram. Uh, 539 great uh, posts yet to, uh, for you to, to enjoy if you're not already following. But if you are, continue to enjoy that. Lexi, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. We're going to definitely have to have you on as a repeat offender again at some point. Thank you so much for making time for us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor.